Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my universe-conquering bald friend, Frank. How are you today? <laughs> I am bald. That's true. That's funny. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, but, you know, let me... Um, Entertain you? Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, let yeah. me do you one better. Why is Gamora? But that's fine. <laughs> Excellent. Frank, we're here to talk Infinity War. There's no, we can't, we're not beating around the bush here. We're no just beating around to... the bush. There will be spoilers. There will be talk of all the intricate plot points of, of the film. And most importantly, there will be beer. And what are you drinking, my friend Timothy? I am drinking a Hitachino Nest uh, white from Kyuchi Brewery, which is a Japanese. Um, it is a white ale, and it is a it's a Japanese company. It is an ale brewed with spices and orange juice. That sounds delicious. It's so good. I had it a couple weeks ago at this place. It's not important, uh, and I was like, give me all of this kind of beer that you have, because it's so good. And I'm going to take a sip right now. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's still so good. It's very light. There's a, a hint of the spice and a hint of the orange juice, and you wouldn't think they all go together, but they do. Mm. Mm. It's really, really good. And the label is cute. Look at that little oh, owl. Oh, look at that little. He's like a little. He looks like a porg. He does look like a porg. He does. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. Mm. So anyway, I never thought I'd find myself drinking a Japanese beer, but here we are. Here we are. Here Indeed. we are. We're, what if I was like drinking? drinking like a Sapporo or something? And I was like, yeah, that also so Japanese. weird. That would be so weird. Anyway, uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Switchback, a good old Switchback ale, because it is finally, finally spring has sprung here in New England, and it's getting mm-hmm. warmer. And when it gets warmer, that means for me, Switchback. So I am switch back to the switch back. I switched back to the switch back. Exactly. exactly. Probably made that joke the last time you had switch back. I'll make it every time now. Damn it. Worth I'll, it. Got to write that every time. Write it down. I'm going to write it down. All right, Frank, we've talked about beer long enough because we have to talk about Infinity War mm-hmm. and how. because it was it was certainly a film that we both saw. Did we like it? Who's to say we are? I guess yeah, you've yes. seen it twice. You've seen it twice. You told me you saw it once in 3D and once in regular. And I saw it once in regular. And I just came hot off the presses um, from the theater to this microphone seeing it in IMAX. Yeah, I mean, just minutes ago. Like, you literally, you, what, what, like, what, did the final end credit scene finish rolling like 20 minutes ago or something? Like, you literally just saw it. 
Yeah, just about. Well, I had to stop for gas and stuff, you know, by the time I got home. But, you know. Way to de-romanticize it. I, yeah, it was barely an hour and some odd ago. Like, I, I saw this film. So it is very fresh in my brain. And so we'll talk about the film and its completion. We'll talk about um, the different looks, I guess, and feel of the film versus these three different formats, which I think is important mm-hmm. as a moviegoer. As a moviegoer. And uh, we'll take it from there. So first off, Frank, did you like this film? I love this film. Did you like this film as much as some of the other Marvel films, or do you feel that it lags behind in any way? It's my favorite Marvel film. Excellent. What? Wow, it's your favorite Marvel film. Yep. Really? Yep. Really? It is usurping It is usurping the original Avengers, the 2012 Avengers. I keep on going the first Avenger, but that sounds like Captain America, the first Avenger. That's Captain but America. Yes, That's uh, right. You know, the original Avengers, uh, it, is, it is usurping that as my favorite Marvel film. Wow. What was your second favorite Marvel film under that? I am curious. Probably Winter Soldier. Mm, good choice. Civil War was Great also choice. close. Mm. Yeah. So you, you are a fan of the Russo brothers then? I am. I, I very much am. I very, very much am. And, and um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the screenwriter, but the screenwriter who wrote... McFeely. McFeely, who um, wrote this and the first Avenger. And Marcus, 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 Marcus McFeely and, McFeely. and Christopher something else. Uh, but yes. Pike. No, that's not <laughs> right. No. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I, I, I knew I, 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 I knew I was loving it when, as I was sitting there, my first viewing on Thursday night at 7 p.m., I just had a big dumb grin on my face, the, like for most of the movie, for the appropriate parts. You know, people were, were dying. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, yay, yay, death. I mean, that wasn't happening. But um, sure. But uh, other than that, I was I was very excited and very happy throughout the whole film. What did you think of it? I also loved this movie. It is maybe not my favorite Marvel film. I think Winter Soldier is still my favorite, mm-hmm. but it. It might, it's pretty darn close, if not the second, because um, it's hard to compare, I guess, like because it's not just, you know, it's hard to say Infinity War and the first Iron Man. Right, right, because right. Because they're just the, the scales of these films are so different now that it's hard to say what's your favorite Marvel film, because there's 19 of them. Right. And they're also different. So it's almost like the James Bond. Like, what's your favorite Connery era? What's your favorite Brosnan era? Yeah. What's your favorite Dalton movie? It's, it's, you know, it's that, almost better being like, what's your favorite team-up Marvel f- film? Or what's your favorite, like, phase one or phase two? Like, that makes mm-hmm. more sense versus, like, you know, you, you could compare this and Age of Ultron and Avengers and Civil War, maybe. But you really can't compare this with, you know, the first Thor movie or something. Like, they're just so different mm-hmm. in scope and scale. Indeed. It's not a fair comparison. No, it's not. So let us let's break down the story. And now we've talked about this some off air. So I'm just kind of want to, if you don't mind, I want to air the things that I have said to you just so I can get them out of the yes. way. Yes, in please. case if we want to talk about them more in person. Uh, one, narratively speaking, I'm going to get a little English teachery here in please this do. podcast. I think so. It, narratively speaking, it is an incredibly intelligent decision to make this film Thanos's movie. It is. It even does it very cleverly at the end, where Thanos will return, and not the Avengers will return yes, or anything yes, like that. It's I love that. Thanos. Thanos will return. It was it's Thanos his, movie. It is Thanos's movie because you have so many Avengers doing so many things that you cannot possibly give them all arcs right. or something to do. Uh, you at least have to give them something to do, but maybe not a lot of screen time. There's too many people. So if you cut all of that away and you make the movie a quest narrative in which 
it's a very it's it's almost primal. It's a, you know we're building a mythology, and Thanos is on this quest to conquer the universe or save the universe. If you look at it from his perspective, really, if you don't if you don't look at it as the Avengers as the heroes, and you look at them as like the people who are trying to stop the man who's trying to save the universe, it's a completely different. T- it's so very interesting, and I loved that. I love that so much. Um, spoilers, of course, from from here on out, which we already said, but. I also love, very smart decision, the way that every single character is is broken up to, f- to fit their particular piece of the story. So, like, let's say if the Avengers that were on and the Guardians that were on Titan were in Wakanda and vice versa, Thanos would have won a lot faster, right? Oh, because, yes, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. Because the people positioned to fight Thanos narratively on titan could are the ones that could get as far as they could get they right. could handle taking on thanos even with even with missing the time stone you saw as soon as he got to wakanda you saw how he wiped out everybody so very simply so i think that every character feels powerful and important in their space and time and the writers and the Russo brothers know exactly where to put everybody even Thor because that's why when Thor shows up with Groot and and Rocket in Wakanda my audience cheered twice two movies nobody said a word until Thor showed up twice Mm. to save to to come to come help which actually my friend who I saw with pointed out, I said, it felt kind of funny that the white blonde man came to save Africa, but I'm over it. I, I actually, <laughs> someone pointed that out that I was talking to today, and I was like, huh, that's problematic, but oh well. <laughs> I, I, I said to him, I think Thor gets a pass because he's an alien. Sure. Like, yes, it's like he's white and blonde and all this stuff, but he also shows up with a raccoon in a tree. And a rabbit. He is a rabbit, and he is... Um, he. It would be different if Captain America showed up to save the day. Yeah, that's true. Versus that's Thor, true. If, that, if it if that makes sense, he's he's a Norse god. It's it's a little different, but I, it didn't occur to me. But I thought it was kind the of optics funny. are still there. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought. Everybody's got something to do. Also, okay, so then the end of the film. Something I said to you, which is incredibly incredibly intelligent. Moving forward, that. All it's it's randomized, right? The death of the universe is randomized, but everybody left is an original is an original Avenger, uh, and then some and then some extra characters. But uh, apart from that, we also have not seen what happens to Ant Man and Wasp and Hawkeye, which means that if they are still around for Avengers four, you get. Not only original movie Whedon Avengers, but you also get original 60s Avengers, uh, you know, the original Stanley Jack Kirby Avengers on screen together and just them. Mm-hmm. And that is super cool to me. And this movie took so much planning and so everything is thought out so thoroughly. It just blew me away. Yeah. Frank, take it from there. Oh, man. What to say? Um, I, so uh, what I loved about this movie was how well. So when. When the first Avengers film came out in 2012, the the challenge that they had was that Marvel had was how are you going to tie together these characters who have all had their own individual films? I guess Black Widow didn't have her own. 
uh, and still hasn't. If you can, can you believe it? Ten years later, she still hasn't had her own film. But um, mm. ha- had had their own stories in these films. In the case of of Iron Man two movies, um, and how do you tie them all together and service every character appropriately? And how do you do it in a way that doesn't feel like anyone's getting shafted? How do you do it in a way that that it doesn't feel like a tonal shift from their individual movies to this new movie? Um, that was the the task put before Joss Whedon, and it seemed like a it was it was at its time one of the most ambitious film projects in our lifetime, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, you know, but it, it was a huge challenge, and and they certainly rose to the challenge. This was that, but like on steroids, like mm-hmm. five times the size, you know, in terms of the n- sheer number of characters who have been introduced since then. It's been six years, um, and all all having had their own films again, like this new wave of characters have had their own films who we have grown attached to. Who people, I mean, especially I think the Guardians have have become favorites of a lot of people who are not necessarily comic book fans, but just who love these films and find them so fun and funny. Spider-Man 2. Um, so seeing how these characters had to be brought together again, a whole new layer of characters plus the ones we have seen already um, and put them all together and they somehow did it again in in such a masterful way where everyone felt like they were they got a decent amount of screen time. I have heard, I think it was, it was, I'm not sure if it was Feige or the Russo brothers who said that whoever you feel like, they didn't specify, but they said, if you feel like there's anybody who didn't get enough screen time, it's because they're going to get that screen time in the second half. So, mm. so for me, that was like Cap. I feel like Cap didn't get quite enough screen time. I imagine he'll I agree. get that in part two. Um, but agree. anyway, that, that for me is the biggest takeaway is they had this huge challenge of all these characters that they had to put together and not let anyone feel like they were shortchanged and they they accomplished that plus they've been teasing the thanos stuff for i don't know how at least four years maybe five or six at this point well no six years since avengers well because he's he's the mid he's the mid-credit sting so uh, really they've been they've been teasing thanos since, since avengers. avengers since avengers there you go um so that's that's been a long time coming uh for this story that's like 25 years old or whatever it is uh mm-hmm. and 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 6 years of stringing it out in pieces and just sort of like in end credit sequences and then being peppered in throughout the films and and finally getting a bigger role in the in the guardians films uh it's really amazing what they've done how they've pieced this all together and it is coherent and it works and it pays off everything that they have been teasing for all these years. You could see it being a little, oh, here's little Thanos things here and there. And eh, when they gave him his own movie, it kind of fell flat. But no, not at all. It completely holds together and and is is an incredible, incredible feat of filmmaking. Again, one of the most ambitious projects of our lifetime. Well, I think you, you nailed something or you were very close to nailing something when you when you were speaking about Thanos because the ver- the the Thanos we have seen in Avengers in Guardians of the Galaxy in Age of Ultron I think he props up at the end is think, like final do it myself yeah I yeah think yeah that's yeah, Age yeah, of yeah, Ultron yeah. I can't yeah. I I it's, it's tough to keep him straight but the version that we see in this film is a very layered complicated 
Thanos. And the other Thanoses, the other, you know, times Thanos. we've seen him, he's very he's very one note. He is sitting in the floaty chair, he is the he is the emperor of Star Wars. I am going to just conquer the galaxy. That is my goal in life and I'm going to use and abuse all these people to get there. An emperor with a glove. Exactly. But this Thanos is is full of subtext and is not a Thanos that's sitting in a floaty chair. He we literally watch him do almost everything himself. He is constantly on the move. He does even when we see his chair and Gamora says, I hate that chair, and he says, So I've been told. I feel like that's like the audience speaking. You know, because <laughs> it was a yeah, lot kinda. of you know what was he says so i've been told it's a lot of the audience saying i'm sick of thanos in the chair so he doesn't even sit on it he sits on the stairs going to the throne it was really interesting it's really cool but the first time like we meet thanos he's already decimated the asgardians and then we do the like we have a hulk thing and then he decimates the hulk and it's ebony ma that says mm, no, let him have his fun. And he decimates the Hulk. This I didn't realize this until uh, Brent over on on Fans of That Borders pointed this out. He decimates the Hulk without using an Infinity Stone. Like none That's of the right. stones light up when he, he's only got the one stone at that point, and it doesn't light up. So mm-hmm. it, he's just that's just his pure power. He is stronger than the Hulk without any stones. That's right. I actually was wondering. I don't think he's actually stronger than the Hulk. I think he's a skilled fighter. Because the Hulk is not. Okay, he is fair, a, fair. He's, It's a lot of haymakers and pushing and shoving. And he's all brawn, Thanos, no brains. That's right. And I think Hulk is strong as there is. So when Hulk gets madder, he gets stronger. So I still think Hulk is stronger. But a, an expert fighter can take down somebody a lot sure. bigger than them. Fair, fair. And, or, or even the same size. So right from the start, everything everything we know about the floaty chair Thanos is gone. He's a man driven on a mission, and yes, he sends his other children out to do things, but he's never not doing something himself. So even when his, so even when all the other children of Thanos, the Black Order, are off invading Earth and going after different stones all over the place, he's still doing his own thing. He never rests, and that is... That could have gone a very different way. I think we could have gotten a, still like a mysterious. I'm just evil for the heck of it, and we would have gone right back to the usual Marvel problem of not caring about the villain. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing that they were very, very good about in this film. Is he? He was a compelling villain. He was just a compelling character. Period. Um, and you understood his motivations, and he was a like relatable villain. He was the kind of person that, like, okay, he made it. They spent a lot of time with him talking to Gamora, with him at every chance he got, really, explaining why he was doing what he was doing. He wasn't just like, because I'm evil, I will destroy half the universe. <laughs> like, you, he had a reason. He had Titan. He had these life experiences that led him to believe what he believes. And feel like he was doing the universe a kindness by Mm -hmm. randomly disappearing half of the creatures in the universe. Well, he even felt he was doing the universe a kindness even before that. You know, he 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 commits genocide on multiple planets. He kills half the population, you know, without class distinction to save the planet. He 
the some of the best villains are not the villains that know they're evil. They're the villains that think they're doing the right thing for the right reasons. Absolutely. And Josh Brolin delivers a performance where you almost want him to win. Like it's so close. It's so he's so compelling. Like you really, really like when he's with like the the search for the soul stone and then the conversations with Gamora, who Zoe Aldana deserves a lot oh, of credit for this movie. Absolutely, because I don't. I she's got two Guardians films under her, and I don't think she's ever given a lot to do in those films. And I think this film makes up for a lot of that. A lot of that. I mean, she's now in some of the highest grossing films of yep, all time. That's right. I mean, many of them. Yeah, but even just. Even just Guardians and Star Trek and now Avengers and Avatar and like she is incredibly like give that woman an Oscar someday because she really delivered. But the but that search for the the Soul Stone stuff, you actually felt for Thanos. She's all like, "Haha, you suck because you've never loved anything." And when he turns around and, he, and she's like, "What are you crying because you don't love anything?" And and the Red Skull, which by the way, freaking awesome, freaking Red Skull, Red man, freaking awesome. Uh, and he's and he Red Skull is like mm, those aren't tears for him, and she's like I'm gonna die. This sucks. That he is again. What I think is interesting that that comes back. Like he's still sad about it. It's not like this moment of passing sadness, but he literally kills his daughter, the the daughter he loves, the favorite daughter of Thanos, which we've heard since Guardians one. That's not in addition to this film. She she is the favorite daughter of Thanos, and we have two Guardians films with Nebula being like, I hate this. I hate that I'm not the favorite and all of this stuff. And it all culminates right here. And then you get to see Nebula's side of it as well. And I just it it blew the performances blew me away. Every performance. Every performance yeah. is phenomenal. Before we actually get on every performance, I want to talk about Thanos for one second more. Which sure, is, I, I want to talk about because he's a because he's a, f- a fully three D rendered character. I was wondering what your relationship was as an audience member in terms of the three D versus the two D showing. I'm glad film. you asked that. Actually, um, I didn't feel like three D actually added that much. For me, I only saw it in 3D the second time because that was the convenient showtime. The thing that struck me the most visually about Thanos was the fact that he looked real. Like, he looked more real than I feel like most, aside from maybe like Supreme Leader Snoke, I think this was like Mm. one of the most realistic looking CG characters that I've ever seen. Especially because like, so when he's on Titan or when he's on any other planet... He kind of looks as CG as anybody else, but when he was in Wakanda, when he was on Earth, the way the light hit that CG, fully CG mocap character um, Mm -hmm. was impeccable, unbelievably realistic. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever voodoo they did, (laughs) it it looks unbelievably realistic to me, to my eyes, especially when he's under, you know, Earth lighting, like real outdoor lighting um it, that's so interesting that the that if he's in a real place he looks more real than a place of green screen I, yeah well i mean when he was just in a fake i don't know maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just like a psychological thing of like well he's in space standing on a on a rock in space like on his floaty chair um so so it's just like i know this is all fake so it's fine but when i'm looking at a real backdrop it it 
you know, I, I know I'm looking at a real image. I don't know. I, I can't quite explain it. And I, but, but, but that's, it looked very, very impressive. Um, I, 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 I absolutely agree. Continue. I, I'll say my piece when you're done. Well, I was just going to add, but, but the 3d didn't really add much for me. Um, I would have just been just as happy seeing it in 2d the, the second time. Um, the, so I, I, you know, if you're, if you're on the fence about like, Oh, should I see it again in 3d? I mean, if you like 3d, sure. But this didn't really add much. I will say there were actually a couple of spots, and I wish I could remember right now specifically when they were. Um, oh, I think it was. Um, uh, I think it was Gamora when they were on what was the red the red um, skulls the the planet that he was Vin Vindar something like that Vindaloo, yeah something vindication like that. I don't know yeah um, mm-hmm. but when they were there there were a couple of sh- when, when Gamora is standing there and and. Uh, like laughing at at Thanos because he doesn't love anybody. She thinks he doesn't love anybody. Um, the 3D was actually kind of distracting because it was kind of not done that well. Um, that hmm. were like I could kind of you know have you ever seen like uh, an iPhone? Um, follow me here. iPhone like portrait mode photo. You know where like sure. it has like the, the blurry background and the person in the front. Yeah. Yep. And have you ever seen when yeah. it's, when it's the computer? It, the way that's done is like the computer is deciding what should be blurry and what should be sharp. Like the person in the foreground should be sharp and the background should be blurry. Have you ever seen it when somebody right. has like frizzy hair or something and the computer doesn't know what to do with that and so like parts of the background surrounding their hair look kind of sharp instead of fuzzy? Have you ever seen that? No, that's really because the computer doesn't know what to do or or it doesn't recognize that like a hole in between some leaves and a tree like like that hole in the middle of sky should be blurry it thinks that's part of the tree that's kind of what was happening with some of the 3d in some spots because it's a conversion like to 3d um and it wasn't shot in 3d so sure so that was showing in a couple of spots and i noticed it more in this film than i have before maybe i was just looking for it more but anyway i I, 3d was did you thanos did you know did you notice it in 2d no no or just only in 3d Interesting. Only in 3D. Interesting. Yeah. Which okay. I think that was part Thank of the 3D you. conversion. Thanos looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Thanos was scary and intimidating and wonderful. And uh, I mean, he was what a good villain should be. You know, they, they normally the the uh, whoever the sentries or troops or whatever you want to call them, the ones that were in Wakanda fighting and going through the through the barrier. Do you know what those what they're called? You probably know. Oh, I did know, but now that I'm on the spot, I can't remember. Okay, sorry, sorry. They're from spot, but... the comic Infinity. I can tell okay. you that. Okay. Um. Anyway, okay, but I'll I can look it up. I'll use the okay, one. Okay, sure, sure. So those aliens would, I feel like, in many uh, of these films, would be like the villains. Like would be like 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 the Chitari in Avengers. Like they would be like like that. Or or um uh uh what's uh, uh the villain in Thor: The Dark World, Malekith? Yeah, mm-hmm. him and his yep. minions. Like it, you, I would expect those aliens to be the the big bad, typically in one of these Marvel films. But instead, they were just like an afterthought. They were just there for Act Three, but they weren't a big part of the film. Like the Jatari were a bit more. Um, so, so I. I love that they kind of got over their villain problem with this um, and gave us an actually very compelling, very compelling villain. The Outriders. outriders. That's what they are called. 
They're called the Outriders. I completely agree. One one really cool thing about seeing it in IMAX that I did not get seeing it on a regular size screen. Thanos starts the film as clean shaven. He ends the film with a five o'clock shadow, not just in his beard, but on the top of his head. Like there's actually hair coming up the top of his head. Like he shaves everything down like like me like a swimmer or something like you exactly <laughs> scalp stubble but right but it doesn't just like stop and one like you can see it actually progress and become more and more realized as the film goes on and i was so stupidly captivated by the fact that i could watch the passage of time with thanos's hair that is growing. so good isn't that so That's good so good i know and it that alone you need to see it in IMAX just to like absorb that kind of goodness. It was unbelievable, Frank. We're a half an hour in or so, I th- and we've only talked about Thanos, so we're gonna stop here because we're not gonna talk about this movie anymore until another episode. Mm. Let's do a little because there's so much to unpack. We cannot do it justice in one episode because we just spoke. We spoke half an hour basically about one character. <laughs> It's true. So, so this was his movie. Therefore, this was also his there podcast. Thanos, Thanos will return. Uh, but you can find us returning uh, on this on this uh, podcast called Beer with Geeks, and you can check out us returning on all of our Thought Bubble Audio shows that you can check out at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. If you just want to, if you just want to support us here over at Beer with Geeks, you can head over to iTunes and rate and review us in that place, or you can check out us out in Google Play and Spotify and all these other places that podcasts can be found. You can also write into us at Beer with Geeks at Gmail or tweet at us on the Twitter at Beer with Geeks or find us on Facebook at Beer with Geeks, and we will get back to you hopefully in one or of all of, the, of those that places. Tell us what you thought about Infinity War. Tell us what you would like us to talk about. When we discuss Infinity War, that next. is true. I also want to add one more thing, and that is, uh, if you are going to be at Dragon Con in Atlanta this summer, um, I will be there. Some friends of ours will be there. We'll be putting on a live event, live podcasting for charity. Brian Austin Green of Nine Hundred Two One Zero Fame, Smallville, uh, Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, will be there doing a live podcast with. Friend of the show, Derek Russell, who I podcast with about Krypton over at Starfield's House of L. Uh, Graham Hancock will be there. Steve Glosson will be there. Uh, and some other friends of ours, Dane Davenport, providing live music. It will be a really fun one-night-only event uh, on September 1st. That's right during Dragon Con, during the Saturday night. Uh, one-night-only event at Switchyard's Downtown Club, right near the convention. Uh, come on over and help us uh, support generosity.org. Uh, to provide access to clean water to those who don't have it, we will be uh, we will be having a blast there. You can find out all the info about this at Stark Expo Live. That's what we're calling the event, Stark Expo Live. Huh, I get it, little 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 pun, little little Stark. I got it. And oh, Stark I got Expo. it. Stark Expo Live Eventbrite dot com is uh, is where you can buy tickets now. Tickets are now on sale. Um, and all the proceeds, as I said, will go to charity. So, uh, if you're going to be around or you're thinking about it, take a take a take a peek at the uh, at the page and uh, and see what what's going on there. I'll put a link in the show notes for for anybody who needs it. But uh, yeah, that that's going to be a lot of fun. So please check that out. 
Cool beans, cool beans, and more. So, Frank, I guess that means that we will resume our talk about Infinity War next episode. So, until then, my friend, it is cheers. cheers. Frank and Tim will return.